You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 154. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week, we have one Your Stock Our Take segment, and as promised, we will review a couple unique profitable small cap names from our coverage that I detailed on a recent Money Talks interview. Our Your Stock Our Take this week came in from a listener on Peak Fintech Group Inc., symbol PKK on the CSE, the parent company of a group of financial technology or fintech subsidiaries operating primarily in the commercial lending industry within China. The company... Uh, posted very strong revenue growth and is break, uh, broken into adjusted profitability. After this, a listener asks us our take on the stock. The two companies we will be reviewing today briefly from our coverage are Dynacor Gold, DNG on the TSX, and Premier Health of America, PHA on the TSX Venture. Dynacor is a dividend-paying industrial gold ore processor operating in Peru. The corporation is engaged in gold production through the processing of ore purchased from artisanal or small-scale miners. Premier Health uses its proprietary PS web platform to lead the healthcare services sector's digital transformation by providing a comprehensive range of outsourced services and solutions centered around staffing for healthcare needs to governments, corporations, and individuals. Let's get into the show. I have a singular co-host for this week, my trusted apprentice, Mr. Brennan Habitler. How is your morning treating you? Doing well. Good morning. Wow, trusted apprentice. I, I like the sound of that. Nice. <sighs> I'm going to change that quickly, <laughs> though. So, uh, Prince Prince Aaron is on holidays. Uh, must be nice for for the young man. And uh, no, I, I kid though. It's well deserved, and never fear. Aaron Dunn fans, and I'm speaking of his grandmother and grade one teacher, Miss McDonald. He will be back next week to completely throw off the rhythm for this podcast for all. Yeah, and tell us that the ratings went to down on this podcast. You know, that's usually how it goes when. Mm. To be totally wrong, you know. but he'll tell us that, I'm yeah. sure. Well, yeah. you, do no, the same. you do the we same. We miss him so much. Yes. I think he's in Whistler, so if anybody's up there in Whistler, go look for um, some crazy man running around. Yeah. <laughs> quoting stocks or something and spouting off up there or chasing after his kids. So he's up there right now. Have a good time, Aaron. We'll see you back next week. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we get into those uh, couple companies? Um, I guess the only thing that I'd like to touch on is you just got that nothing. I, uh, <laughs> I got something that I did write an article in uh, our newsletter. Um, you helped mm-hmm. me write it a little bit, and I just kind of talked about the ebb and flow of the market. I just think, any of the uh, parts that people liked, I was involved with. The other parts, it was all Brennan. Precisely, precisely. But you know, I just mm-hmm. think that it's good for clients and just listeners to to understand. You know, 
real realistically the market likes to have a random walk uh you know you can look at technical analysis as much as you want but realistically at the end of the day fundamentals will prevail um so you know technically a stock can be screaming buy but you know if a company's uh you know fundamentals change you know the technicals don't really mean anything so you know I just think it's a good article to kind of relay that kind of information. And then I also like the analogy that I pull in from uh, Benjamin Graham's uh, Intelligent Investor, where he, he talks about, he brings up a hypothetical investor called Mr. Market. And this Mr. Market is someone who, you know, acts on their emotions, either pessimism or optimism, and is just erratically, you know, going between both. And realistically, he's just using this analogy to kind of describe the market where, you know, over the long term, an investor, you know, as long as you're buying good, solid businesses, uh, those stocks will go up, even though it'll be kind of a wild ride. Um, but, you know, just keeping that in mind that the that Mr. Market, he does have a mind of his own kind of um, and, uh, you know, will will take you for a ride. But it's that longer ride that you need to focus on. And if anyone wants to read that article, they can find that on our website as well. Uh, if you are uh, getting our newsletter uh, or our podcast emails, you should have received it uh, yesterday as well. Yeah, and that'll be found at uh, www.keystocks.com. And I always say to clients and bringing that sentiment back to just the basics of using our services, um, even if we do all the research in the world on an individual stock, um, we can't tell you what it's going to do over the next week, over the next month, three months. Uh, but if you look a year, two, three, five years out, if we're buying good quality businesses, uh, we have a higher degree of confidence that that stock trading at a current price is going to be higher than the current price right now over that long term period. The market will do what it likes to do um, without reason often in the short term. Uh, over the long term, good companies, uh, they don't get ignored. And that is one of the topics kind of uh, indirectly that we talked about on uh, Michael's show on Money Talks. A couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about value being recognized eventually in the market. We talked about a company called Photon Control, symbol PHO on the TSX, which you know we identified five years ago, uh, which has traded uh, you know volatile with a volatile a level of volatility over that period. But it was you know 42, 43 cents at that point. Uh, this year, it got taken over uh, at 360. So the company created value. It fluctuated in terms of its price over that period of time. But you know, if we looked five years out, we saw a good business, great cash in the bank, growing uh, over the long term, and eventually that value gets recognized. It may not happen in the first week or month or year, but eventually that value does get recognized if you're buying those good businesses. And that's core to what we're doing at Keystone when we do our research on a daily basis. Now, uh, we don't do this often, so let's get to it before I change my mind. We're not <laughs> going to delve into our, our full research in each stock. Uh, I say that for the listener's sake because Brennan is with me today and he would love to talk for the next five hours about each of these stocks, but our audience, Brennan, they actually have lives, so they just yeah. need a quick summary here. Now, of course, I kid. It's a great thing that Brennan, as an analyst, loves to dive into these business. Now, that may be the only good thing about him, ladies, but at least he has that, right? It's more than we can say about Aaron, who, of course, isn't here to defend himself, so we can rip him mercilessly, yes. 
Now, we'll save the deeper dive for our client reports, chat sessions, and updates. Uh, let's take a brief look at uh, a couple of the names. The third name that we talked about, just re- it's, it was Next Green Wave that I talked about on Money Talks, just reported a weaker-than-expected quarter, which it faced some one-time issues that should be corrected going forward. Uh, but we are actively updating this to clients, so we would talk to our clients about uh, the company first. Now let's get to the first stock that we'll talk about, healthcare tech-related stocks, I would say as a preamble to this. We're hot as heck, hot as all hell earlier this year. Anything to do with telehealth, digitization of healthcare services surged, many getting way ahead of their underlying fundamentals. Now there has been a pullback, which is an opportunity, and one name that we're looking at basically has zero coverage or analyst coverage in Canada. Uh, we've been looking at this since the start of the year when it traded. Our original recommendation was about eighty-four cents. It trades about a dollar twenty-eight right now, dollar thirty. Premier Health of America (PHA) on the TSX Venture, sixty-nine seventy million dollar market cap. What does the company do? Well, they have a web platform called the PS Web Platform. It's an end-to-end customer relationship platform that automates the healthcare staffing industry's business process. Uh, the company's healthcare professionals can use their integrated iPhone or Android mobile applications to interact in real time and manage their work schedules, efficiently connecting nurses, for example, with specific work shifts in seconds every day. It's a bit like Uber matching drivers with rides, but more in a more closed environment. They have a strong presence in Quebec and Nunavut and gradually rolling out the platform in northern regions of Alberta, Manitoba, and Ontario. So what do we like? Well, there's strong growth. We can talk about the Q3 results that just came out over the past week. Revenues jumped 238%, 18.6 million from 5.5. That would be attributed to... Uh, some acquisition-related growth, the consolidation of Code Blue and Solutions Nursing acquisitions, as well as organic growth, which we like to see in the business. There was actually a decrease in average gross margin in the quarter to 24% versus 27% in Q3 and 25 in Q2, uh, resulted from a reclassification of travel expenses in the Nordic division. The target going forward would be a gross margin of 25%, so it's not far off there. We expect it to get back in short order. EBITDA rose 140% to 1.3 million. Net income was 600,000 in that range from 390 in the same period last year. 2.2 million for the nine month period from basically a loss or or just around 200,000 in the same period of 200 or 2020. They also started their non-ambulatory transport services in June. They had just announced on August 30th funding for growth they announced they negotiated um essentially a funding arrangement two funding credit facilities but up to 27 million through rbc now the valuations reasonable multiple about 12 times trailing ebitda by applying an ev to ebitda multiple of 14 near term we'd say fair value a dollar 40 uh if we look Going forward, if we do not factor in any acquisitions, we expect between one to four over the next twelve to twenty or twelve to eighteen months. Uh, we expect Premier Health conservatively to deliver about seven point four million in EBITDA. That would give it a a fair value midterm of about a dollar eighty five. That's forty percent under what we think is midterm fair value. 
There's upside on this as management executes on its planned move into the Ontario market. The stock is thinly traded. There is zero need to jump all over it. In fact, barring an acquisition, there's likely limited news flow or catalysts uh, till they release Q4 results. Q4 results last year and fiscal year end results. They're on a different fiscal year than the end than the calendar, but they came out in mid-December. So there's no need to rush in. It might look for a lower entry point. Uh, we're looking, again, like Brennan talked about, Mr. Market. We don't know what the stock will do three weeks from now, three days from now, three months. We're looking one to three years out minimum as the company develops, acquires, moves across Canada, and potentially starts to move into the U.S. So, you know, taking, taking that horizon time horizon originally started buying in 2021 in the 84 cent range and uh, looking forward to the company growing the business over the next you know one to five years going forward so that's a good summary on that business you want you want to have a quick comment yeah quick comment you know as i'm sure you're aware i could actually talk about this stock all day um but just for full disclosure uh this is the the healthcare stock that i have been teasing on the podcast um, so if some people want to go back and listen to some of our past segments and just where, you know, we're comparing uh, some of those. And who doesn't, stocks. right? Well, you know, let's I'll go back, back for six months and listen to that exactly. two minute segment. I'm exactly. just kidding. <laughs> you know, I can't get enough of hearing myself. So, uh, you yeah, know, and my and my, uh, and my you're radio teasing? voice. Yeah. And my you're teasing. teasing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, I you know, just so people get into know. that. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great story. But like Ryan said, you know, it's it's going to take some time for the company to grow, get recognized. Um, but yeah, great story. Yeah. Opinion. And like I'd like to say, we don't want to marry ourselves to any individual stock. This is why, like if we talk about two stocks today, um, I, I will often say if you just add two stocks to your portfolio, uh, it's not a good strategy. Uh, what you want to do is include these as two of a of an overall portfolio, 15 to 25 stocks, you know, with a certain profile that we're looking for. Uh, that is the way to build a portfolio. Two stocks are just provide too much company specific risk. The way to do it is to get that great profile of a profitable, solid business trading at relative reasonable valuations with a good to solid growth outlook going forward. Now getting that, some of those sprinkled in from the small cap sector, some of those from good quality dividend paying, dividend growth stocks, and we wanna have some growth and dividend US stocks in the portfolio. Those are the three areas of research that we specialize in, think we can add value through our research. So it's not good enough to just add two companies, even if we've done all the research in the world, for those it's too much company specific risk, Planning your portfolio well over a 12 to 24 month period, starting today, building those 15 to 25 stocks. So we may talk about a couple names today. You don't just add two of those to your portfolio with the plan to just stick with two. You want to make that portfolio a full quality portfolio of 15 to 25 stocks. So it's important to continue to hammer that home. I know we do it all the time, but I think it's important to do that. So I'm going to look right now at uh, gold stocks, for example. Uh, largely predicted to do well in an inflationary environment, which we are in, actually performed poorly this year and worse over the last 12 months. The junior gold heavy TSX venture is down 21% from its February highs. It's not the case for the company that we're going to talk about today, despite the fact they're involved with that sector, Dynacor. It's a gold miller that we recommended uh, this year and have for several years now. 
And the stock is actually up 56%, not including its strong dividend. Why? Well, this company is a miller, not a miner, and relatively high price of gold right now incentivizes small-scale miners in Peru to bring their mill more and more ore. The more ore they are brought, the more money Dynacor makes, and they're having a record year. So Dynacor Gold Mines, DNG on the TSX, uh, just, again, I recommended this year. We recommended it at, uh, I talked about it on the Money Talk show. It was recommended in our small cap portfolio at the Outlook at $1.83. Today, it trades at $2.85. Last week, it was $2.64. Um, it's a 56% return. If you add the 3% dividend, it you know it's a strong return over the course of this year at a time when gold stocks have actually gone negative. So why? Well, it issued strong growth guidance for 2021, which it has just increased. The company will also issue full updated guidance, detailed guidance this month, which is another positive. The guidance issued at the start of this year, they forecasted gold and silver revenues will jump 47% to 150 million US. Cash flow, we see more than doubling this year. Uh, They announced a 43% expansion of their highly profitable gold mill in Peru that is online and producing already at capacity. So there's strong growth here, strong dividend, net cash on the balance sheet. We estimate Dynacor is positioned to post 22 cents US per share in earnings. Based on a justified multiple 11 and adding back their net cash position, we arrive at fair value in the range of 350. So 25% undervalued to that fair value. Again, the stock has already produced a 56% plus gain just since February. If sentiment turns positive on gold, uh, the stock can perform better. We do caution there is high geopolitical risk in Peru, particularly considering the recent change in the governing party. So this is for risk-tolerant investors only. The company is also planning to build out uh, JV Mill, similar to its Peru operations, smaller scale to start in Senegal for diversification purposes. Plans are in place. COVID restrictions are preventing further progress. But we expect positive news on this front as countries open up over the next year. So that is my summary there. Brandon, you want to add anything on that? Uh, I just think, you know, I like Dynacore. It's the fact that it is giving you exposure to gold, but not too much exposure, considering that they're, you know, just a mill and, uh, you know, they don't have as much risk to the commodity uh, or I guess just the gold price, essentially. Um, You know, they even actually do some price sensitivity uh, scales in some of their uh, or charts in some of their uh, presentations. And it just, you know, even if gold kind of turns, maybe sentiment won't be there, but their cash flows won't be hurt, you know, too, too much, realistically. Um, And then I also just want to add, this was actually my first stock that I ever bought, uh, which was under Keystone Coverage. Um, And I'm very, very happy that I bought it because it has performed well. It's been paying me dividends. And uh, yeah, uh, can't really say anything too bad about it. And, uh, you know, Ryan was ahead of the curve. You know, I'll give you a little bit of a pat on the back here where, you know, at the beginning of this year, or I guess, you know, kind of mid this year, you were saying these guys are firing on all cylinders. They are, um, you know, ahead of their guidance. And what happened a couple months later, they ended up upping their guidance. Uh, But you were definitely ahead of the curve, Ryan. So I'll give you a pat on the back there even though it'll go to your head, I know. Yes, I totally need that. Thank you very much. No, yes. but um, 
Yeah, it's, it's a good summary on the company. Again, these aren't full recommendations on it. We're just going over what we see in these businesses uh, and uh, you know the, the research we do behind these businesses for our clients. So we're going to look now at our Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. It's on Peak Fintech Group Inc. PKK on the CSE came from a listener question. Brennan, they want an answer specifically from you on this one. And I am going to give them an answer. I don't know so, why. Yes. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's because I'm a great apprentice, I guess. Just well, because they they take what you do, then they do the opposite. They'll be shorting it if if you're saying buy, they'll be buying if you say. Sh- I'm kidding, because of course they, they want your amazing mind. analysis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. We hope so. Yeah. Everybody trashes. Yeah, if you don't get trashed you online, you're not alive, right? So that's that's valid. You know. I don't know. Okay, so. so yes, this came in from Justin on Twitter. He says. Peak Fintech is doing great things in China right now and soon to be in North America. They have a NASDAQ listing coming before the end of August, uh, along with many other things. Uh, So let's dig into this here for Justin. So Peak Fintech Group, PKK on the CSE, currently trading at a price of around $11.69 and has a market cap of roughly $1 billion. So Peak Fintech Group is a commercial lending company which lends money to small and micro businesses in China. The company through its cubular lending hub ecosystem automates the process by which lenders find and qualify borrowers across several market verticals. So a few key points here, um, you know, just some some news points. On July 7th, the company closed a $54 million equity raise, which will help support the company's expansion into North America. And then after or subsequently to the raise, uh, the company completed a share consolidation to position itself to list on the NASDAQ. So this reduced its share count from 161 million shares to about 80.5 million shares. And I don't believe the company has actually listed on the NASDAQ yet, but management is anticipating that soon. Now, on July 29th, Peak announced acquiring a minority stake in China UnionPay subsidiary Rong Bang Technology to provide fund transfer and payment settlement services. On August 3rd, the company announced the launch of a steel trading platform as part of its business hub ecosystem. You know, I kind of think that it's interesting that they are expanding their services into trading, commodity, and logistics. And then on August 16th, Peak announced the acquisition of Cubular Inc., an analytics and AI company located in Montreal, which owns the worldwide commercial rights to the technology at the core of Peak's business hub. Um, So I think that this is interesting. Before, realistically, they didn't really own the technology which they were using with their uh, or in their hub now they do and the transaction was uh, for one million dollars in cash and they issued about 11.13 million uh, common shares Um, and then lastly here as Ryan said in the intro the company's Q2 2021 results were pretty good and it was the first time the business ever recorded a uh, a net profit uh, which is awesome So looking at these financial results, revenue was up 320% to 30.6 million compared to the same quarter last year. Uh, This increase was due to increasing demand for its supply chain services, uh, where it provides material suppliers, factories, product distributors, and retailers an all-encompassing service that includes product sourcing, financing, and logistics. Uh, The company posted adjusted EBITDA of $1 million compared to a gain of just about $170,000 for Q2 
of last year. Uh, net profit was just slightly into the green at 290,000, where it was negative the year before and all other years before, or quarters, sorry. And uh, on the balance sheet, uh, at June 30th, 2021, it had net cash position of about 1.8 million. And in late June, or sorry, in late July, I believe July 22nd, Peak Fintech released uh, revenue and adjusted EBITDA guidance for 2021, 2022, and 2023. And they do expect to up this guidance uh, once the Cubular acquisition is completed to reflect the North American expansion. But let's just look at a couple of the years here. So uh, for 2021, so that's this fiscal year, of course, uh, the company is projecting 104 million in revenue and about 12.5 million in EBITDA. So that would give them a price to sales of about nine times and an enterprise value to EBITDA of about 75 times. So, you know, pricey in my opinion there. But looking at 2022, they're projecting 305 million in revenue and about 59 million in EBITDA. And that gives them a price to sales of about three times and an enterprise value to EBITDA of about 17 times. So it is coming more in line. And now just to put this into perspective, uh, another company which we were actually recently asked about uh, in one of our chat sessions was Curo Group Holdings, C-U-R-O, on the New York Stock Exchange. And this is essentially another lender operating in the U.S. and Canada. And this company is trading with a trailing enterprise value to adjusted EBITDA multiple of about eight times, so significantly cheaper. Uh, and of course, less risk considering it's only operating in North America. So our take here. You know, Peaks Lending and Logistics Hub ecosystem appears to be a very useful fintech tool, and its recent growth in revenue and, project and projected financial guidance looks promising. The company is positioning itself to list on the NASDAQ with its recent share consolida consolidation, which should be coming shortly, and will begin rolling out its services across North America after the acquisition of Cubular. Plus, once this acquisition is completed, I think it will be interesting to see how much Peak revises their revenue and adjusted EBITDA guidance upward. Now, in my opinion, uh, if you believe the, that the company can achieve their fiscal 2022 guidance of 59 million in EBITDA, considering they're trading at approximately seven, 17 times EV to EBITDA, I do not think that the business is trading at completely unreasonable multiples. But keep in mind the additional risk involved with a company which operates in China, which is likely priced into its multiple, making it appear more attractive. Plus, there are no guarantees whether they will in fact meet this guidance. So overall, I think it's an interesting story, especially considering the company recently broke into profit and has the nice catalyst of expansion into North America. I think for an investor with an increased appetite for risk, uh, there could possibly be some value here if the company can achieve its financial guidance. But right now, we will just continue to monitor the company's progress and see if they can get on the right track to achieve their guidance. Um, you know, and then just to top it off, you know, China, China does scare us a little bit. There's, there's no doubt. Uh, and I believe, you know, Ryan will probably elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, um, peak FinTrack, interesting. Uh, the growth and revenue looks great. The progress towards profitability is great. Although adjusted EBITDA margin was just 4% in the last quarter, which is low, uh, it is progressing higher. Um, the trailing valuations right now are very high. And Brennan talked about projected EV to EBITDA or uh, you know, price to EBITDA ratio 
uh, on projected EBITDA in the range of 30 million plus next year is being 17. Remember, the company in the last quarter only did 1.2 million in EBITDA, so that's a significant uptick. It will have to be on a quarterly basis for them to get there. It's hard to find reliable direct comparables. Well, not a direct comparable. We can compare it to, you know, in some respect, to Canadian-based financial services firm uh, GoEasy, which is GSY on the TSX. It's been in a recommendation of Keystone since mid-2019. The shares then traded at $49. They performed very well and are today in the $200 range. GoEasy provides loans and other financial services to consumers in Canada. It also leases household products to consumers. The company operates through two segments, Easy Financial and Easy Home. So GoEasy trades at 16 times next year's expected earnings. So that's earnings on a per share basis, not EBITDA. So it's a significantly lower multiple than peak uh, based on next year's in a less risky market. It's not a slow growth business either. It's not to the extent that we see the growth in peak, but you know, you look at their last quarter, their loan profile portfolio was up uh, 58%. Revenues were up 34% uh, to $202 million. Uh, adjusted net income was up 50%, and uh, diluted earnings per share were up 38%. So good growth in this business as well, as well at a lesser price. The other item that I would caution, and Brennan touched on this, is on China-based publicly listed companies. It's just the China factor risk. It has been highlighted by huge drops in some of the best-known Chinese companies over the past number of months, including global uh, giant businesses such as Alibaba, Tencent, and JD.com. Regulatory risk and just the risk of an unpredictable Chinese government is high. So I'm very surprised that this heightened risk has not affected peak fintech. In fact, the big gains in the stock have come over the summer where the China risk has been heightened. So it's curious to see that. Um, Perhaps it has to do with the fact that peak is relatively unknown and it may be a bunch of retail investors involved in that, maybe not factoring in some of the China-related risk. I know that peak has talked about working with the government within the new regulations in the financial services sector. But the issue is you can work with the government and then the government is unpredictable and can change something going against you. And that is the crux of the risk right there. Finally, I will say this. Well, Brennan is too young to remember, although he has seen the movie The China Hustle now, so he'll have some reference point. But um In terms of China-based North American listed stocks, uh, they've been hit in the past by fraud and accounting-related charges. We see the ability of audit firms to do the work necessary to provide the checks and balances on China-based firms to be impaired. For this reason, China-based U.S. listed companies have rightfully traded at a significant discount to North American peers. I am not sure if we can say that for peak fintech right now. So it's something to consider potential here, but well, well above level of risk for the reasons that I pointed out. And we just like to point that out when we get a question on a stock uh, that's, uh, you know, operating in that jurisdiction. Any final points on that, Brendan? Always bringing my age into this. What the heck, hey? Always. Hey. <laughs> hey, trust me. It's a good thing it to be young, okay? It's a good no, thing to be young. Never complain well. about it. Never complain. Well. I know. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end it on that note. We'll uh, hopefully welcome Aaron back next week if he can uh, find his way back from Whistler. I know it's uh, a windy road back, so we'll see if he finds his way back from there. And we'll talk to him next week. I wish... um, Keep your questions coming in to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Uh, ask us anything. If you want us to compare two individual companies within an industry, we can do that on a show. Uh, keep rating us or reviewing us on iTunes. Keep your um, keep those. It keeps us putting out good content here. And we're looking to bring the show to YouTube. So look forward to that over the next month. Uh, again, as always, I'd like to wish everybody out there profitable investing. Thank you. Profitable investing.